You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Getting tired of feeling smooth and shiny? Append some textures to your life on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Andy Goralczyk. Hello. Sibren Stuvel. Hello. Sergei Sharvin. Hey. Francesco Sede. Hello. And I'm Hjalti Almason. Here's your host, Francesco. Hello. Hello. Why, why didn't you roll back as usual? Uh, my chair is kind of awkwardly positioned and I don't want to do too close it. to a glass wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that glass wall to be shattered at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. This is uh, episode number 33. As you can hear, the studio is uh, almost complete. We are just missing Pablo, which will be back next week. And uh, Ton, well, he is not really here in the podcast, but he's also not here in the studio. He also will be back at the end of the next week. And uh, well, let's uh, immediately talk about one of the uh, hot topics, which is uh, Hjalti is uh, back straight from Legoland. Woo! There you go. Legoland is amazing. You have all these bricks around you. And yeah, <laughs> so many bricks. It's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. I know you've been uh, you've been away last week. We skipped one uh, episode last week because yeah. yeah, we couldn't do it without you. Yeah, so, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. But in actuality, I I pre-recorded the intro and outro. You guys became lazy. He's going to make us pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's making us pay for it. Okay. My plan was to do a Lego intro outro now because you know, but now I'm recycling the old stuff. Yeah. So, okay. mwah. Well, well, nobody heard it, so yeah, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody really cares anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> so uh, I had some vacation time. Yeah. Um, took uh, So my sister and her family came to visit me, which mm. was really delightful in Amsterdam. First time ever they visit. First time they see, you know, Amsterdam and experience the entire wow. thing. Um, uh, especially my niece and nephew. That was really fun. Uh, however, of course, you have the good with the bad. Um, I had the flu exactly when they came. And then I infected my entire family. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like the the my little niece, one year old, uh, she had a high fever from the flu, and she was crying mm. during Aww. the nighttime. The weather was not that great. We only had one day where we saw sunshine, mm-hmm. so that was kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the good with the bad, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. And then we um, we uh, took a rental car and we drove through Germany all the way up to Bilund in Denmark to go to Legoland. Yay. <laughs> and I was about halfway through Germany when I realized I didn't have my passport. No. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. Yeah, total failure. Yeah. I was freaking out, uh, calling everybody and, and trying to get Sergei to ship it to me. <laughs> Ton was on the job and he, he did it. Uh, turns out after the entire trip, Nobody ever asked me about my passport. Even when you were boarding your plane. Yeah, boarding my plane. Back. I was I was holding it in my pocket. I was waiting for that Ready. glorious here. moment. I had yeah. It. yeah, I just <laughs> right spent here. I just spent, you know, almost one hundred euros getting this thing shipped to me personally. And then no, nobody asked me at all. Boarding uh boarding, going to Amsterdam, going through customs, nothing. There's nobody even in the custom I've never seen anyone in the customs thing. Yeah. No security mm. officer in Amsterdam. I don't know what's up with that. Well, because you're in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. That's but, you a know. good thing. But I look but, shady, so I don't know. It should stop me. <laughs> should, should look shadier, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Imagine. Uh, <laughs> Legoland was amazing. Um, I, I, it's been it's been like... Uh, Two weeks. 
Yeah, it's been two weeks since I was there. No, it's been 16 years since I was there last uh, time. Uh, I was 16 years old. It was on my um, 10th grade um, graduation journey or whatever. They, we took a trip, the entire class went to Legoland. Wow, nice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's 16 years old. We felt a bit out of place, but it was really interesting and fun. Um, the the I would say that a lot of the stuff, I, I would say about 80% of the stuff has not been updated since I've been there last time. I remember wow. almost every single thing from last time wow. and it was still there. But there was a there was a huge juncture now devoted to Star Wars, of course. Yeah. Harry mm. Potter? No? No Harry Potter. Oh, okay. No Minecraft Lego, which was a bit mm. disappointment to my nephew. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what do you call it? Technic Lego, oh. which is the thing I love. Like the, yeah. the whole notion of building little robots and all that stuff. They actually had that 16 years ago, they had yeah. a tiny little booth devoted only to that, to yeah, making I your own robot. That. I was also there when I was eight years old. Uh, I I was so, so yeah. like, hyped when I was all <laughs> by this Technic, Lego Technic, yeah. that I couldn't afford, like with a pocket yeah. money of only like, mm. five German marks or something. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. it must be at the age of 10 or so. But yeah, yeah. so they, they removed that. They removed it. I, re I distinctly remember that they had a booth. Uh, it's, it wasn't a huge thing but they had a little thing where you could come in and you could designate a time and then um you had these teams building robots and then competing with each other to oh, so cool. to make wow, them do a, a crash course or something i don't know wait so you have you have booth for a robot to build other robots <laughs> yeah well children but yeah, yeah children, children could be labeled as robots on some level I guess. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They they follow instructions. Um <laughs> no, they no, they don't. <laughs> no they don't. No they don't. Uh so overall, really enjoyable. Funny thing is, um, we never had good weather at all. No. It was windy, it was rainy. And then uh, my, my sister and her uh, boyfriend, they, they, they did this home exchange. And the, the home we got in Billund was lovely, beautiful. Uh, and then they kept in contact with the family. And the family there was like in Iceland, the weather is amazing. It's so sunny <laughs> yeah. and it's like no Aww. wind. It's perfect. And we're in windy, rainy Denmark. Yeah. Right? Man, come on. I, I think I've, I've been to Denmark twice on holiday with my parents when I was a kid. Both times we cut it short and went home because of the bad oh, weather. No! <laughs> yeah. No way. It was dry in Legoland, though. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, okay, I'm going to cut this short. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody really cares. That's, that's great. Well, we can also move to the next uh, important topic, which is uh, Pokemon Go. <laughs> I have no opinion. Hey, that's a nice title for the, for this podcast. We'll get like twenty million views. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. how do you guys feel about it? No, I, yeah. um, I as I told Sergey, um, my so my sister is four years younger than me, and roughly that generation. It was like a half generation gap, or what? I don't know what you call a generation, but it. I had already went on to more sophisticated cartoons, I guess, at that point. And that's when it became big in, in Iceland. Wait, it's a cartoon? Pokemon? Wait, you did... <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. You got to catch them all. Apparently. I don't know. I, that's the only thing I know about it. Uh, I know what a Pokemon... No, what? Pikachu. Yeah. 
I just know it because pika means vagina in Icelandic, and it's always like Pikachu. It sounds like vagina sneezing or something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. All right, uh, but yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> I think that's uh, that's it for the. Podcast. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> don't make that the only we contribution. Are, we are left with this great note, so everybody. <laughs> We're still uh, pondering on uh, introducing a, a little known facts hosted by Hjalti. Oh no! But I keep forgetting to organize it before before <laughs> well, we do it. So we there, should. There was. Yeah, right? but this is yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So we are gonna try to make it even more all right i'm gonna try to bring this so uh, regularly to you <laughs> yeah I'm sure, I'm sure people are going to so yesterday it. i learned that a tornado it the the word torn, uh, just tornado to torpedo sorry torpedo yeah. it comes from the uh torpedo eel electric eel yeah because in rome ancient times they used the eel the electricity from the eel to try to cure migraines and stuff and uh Torpedo means numb because you, if you touch the eel, you get you know a little bit electrocuted or whatever, and you get you get a little numbness. Mm. So that's where the word comes from, and then they used it for the weapon because it looks like an eel, I guess. Ooh. Little so, known facts. Little known yes. facts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I read a lot of this these weird random things. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Blender Institute <laughs> podcast, <laughs> where we also talk about Blender sometimes. Yeah, sorry. Um, Ton just uh, left today to SIGGRAPH because uh, SIGGRAPH is coming. Big conference uh, in LA this year about uh, computer graphics from uh, uh, all over the world. People go there and uh, talk about the latest uh, research and the uh, studios show the latest movies and talk about the techniques. And uh, there is a very big uh, trade show where usually Blender is as well, uh, where it's great to catch up with users and show. Uh, what Blender can do. And this year is going to be a bit different because uh, Ton is uh, just going there representing Blender and uh, uh, there is going to be the Birds of a Feather that is uh, happening every year, which is a community meeting over there. But there is going to be no uh, booth, no stand in the trade show. And uh, Ton is going there also to pick up an award. Uh, I don't remember if we mentioned this. <laughs> just casually pick up an award. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to pick up an award that we won, yay, which is yay. the jury award for the uh, electronic, uh, for the animation festival, the Seagraph Animation Festival. So Cosmos Laundromat won the jury award. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly if we mentioned it in the podcast because uh, two weeks is far too much time to remember for me. So... Uh, but it was out there in the news, so hopefully everyone knows about it. And uh, it's cool that he can actually go there in person to pick it up. And uh, there is always a great chance to connect with other filmmakers and studios and people that are there. So we hope that uh, his visit to Seagraph will bring us uh, great news about uh, what is coming next with Blender. Will they still show the video we recorded of a thank you speech? So we recorded, as uh, Hjalte just mentioned, a video, or all of us. That was, I think, for the records. So I don't oh, think okay. they put it on the website. I don't think they put it anywhere. There is probably one uh, DVD that gets burned <laughs> as those things. I, because we looked, of course, for uh, previous uh, for, for videos of previous winners, and we couldn't find anything. Didn't online. Ton say that it would be shown in the theater? Yeah, but yeah, that that's one place where they show it because it happened that they show that the screening happens a few times, so mm -hmm. they give the award only once, but then they show this thing mm. uh, other uh, multiple times, I think. And uh, but that's great because the video is a bit embarrassing. So yeah, I can imagine that maybe it was a Plan B video. You know, if if Ton, you know, has the flu or whatever, and he can't make it to the states, then they just hit play. Oh yeah, they they yeah. just it's really they're quite strict about getting that video. So yeah. I guess yeah, it's a, it's a backup. So 
that's uh, well, that's it for uh, Don going to Seagraph. Um, he forgot his ticket. No, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. yes. No. Who would do that? Who would travel and forget some important document <laughs> like that? No, I think. <laughs> I think it's just a spare ticket in case his phone doesn't work. Yeah, like he's not here that. anyway. So yeah, exactly. And he doesn't even listen to this, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we won. Cool. So otherblender.org uh, news. There is a new user story that we wrote and published uh, a week ago. It's uh, about uh, Google Expeditions uh, education in VR. So there is a, um, it's a project that was shared uh, with us originally uh, by Mike Pan. And uh, he worked with a uh, team with other Blender heads uh, to produce content for uh, this uh, VR application, uh, which is called Google Expeditions. That is just an an, uh, educational application that uh, uses VR for uh, sharing didactic information with students and uh, show them how things are done, like how molecular biology works, uh, how geology works, and... uh, uh, make uh, very colorful and nice illustrations that are immersive and that are a great way to communicate and explain things to kids. And uh, there is this uh, user stories on blender.org slash user stories. We try to keep that uh, collection of stories alive. We always need uh, we need more of these because they are a great way to show that Blender is used by people to do actual high-quality professional work. So if you have an interesting use of Blender that is professional and that is awesome, please get in touch with us and uh, we will look into publishing it on the Blender.org website. Cool. (laughs) Uh, One one little connection to the whole Lego thing, just a short one. Uh, I know this is boring. I know this is boring. No, Uh, just as a connection to like working in Blender. Um, the when I do rigs and I'm doing rigging like facial rigging or you know character rigging, I I always feel I have that instinct of going back in time when I'm making little machines and little robots uh, in Techno Lego. There's something really interesting about that. So I don't know. I I, I still I still have that sensation that you're just kind of making your own little thing, and you know, in 3D, it's kind of the same thing, but it's not as tangible. That's the only thing yeah. I miss. Yeah. Wait, wait until you can build a machine in Blender and then you 3D print it. Whoa! Yeah, so future. <laughs> no, no, it's not. The future is right here. But you already did that two years ago or something. It's in the past already. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, there is a researcher in the Netherlands who is 3D printing robots based on some. DNA-like code. So ah. these robots can, you just have to click in the servos in certain points and then it works. Hmm. And these robots can do stuff and figure out who is more efficient in doing something. Awesome. And then combine those DNAs and print their own offspring. Yeah. Do you do you know his name? No, name? but I can look it up. Yeah. We'll is he, post is he... the link in the description below. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Super interesting. Please tell me he's related to Theo Janssen. Theo Janssen. Uh, oh, I that don't would be amazing. think so. I'm, I'm sure he knows about his work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I'm just imagining those kind of robots now <laughs> clicking <laughs> together, you know, going on the beach. The oh, that would awesome. I think uh, Theo Janssen is on a world tour right now. Uh, he used to be in LA. No, no, no. Uh, San, San Francisco, Francisco think, a, a yeah. while ago. Yeah. yeah. Super interesting stuff. I hope yeah. he comes actually back to the Netherlands <laughs> <laughs> so I can see his stuff in person. I, I'm, yeah, I'm super. I'm a big fan. Yeah, same here. Welcome to the Blender Studio <laughs> Podcast. 
Are we supposed to do the segue or what? <laughs> no, no. I'm just uh, uh, just wrapping up the community news with uh, something I already mentioned, which is a uh, uh, Blender Spotlight at Seagraph. Um, in Seagraph, there is uh, this uh, Birds of a Feather meeting, which is uh, co-hosted with uh, uh, Theory Studios. Um, and uh, it is a meeting for uh, artists and studios and developers for a chance to share their work uh, and uh, showcase uh, what they do over there in person is a great meetup and uh, Tony is going to be there and plenty of uh, uh, Blender users and developers are going to be there. So if you happen to be in the LA area next uh, week, then drop by and uh, it's going to be fun. So Wait, uh, how can Blender developers be there? Well, one of them is here, another in Australia. <laughs> Your definition of Blender developer is a bit too strict, I think. I <laughs> Uh, you, know, you don't know what we are going to put you on a plane tonight and you're going to go there. Um, no. So you, <laughs> no? you think this was Ton's ticket. This was actually yours. Uh -huh. Ta -ta. Yeah. Here's my passport. Go. <laughs> Nobody's going to check it anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So that's, uh, well, that's, uh, that's it with the community news. So let's talk about Blender development. And uh, today we are happy to have Dr. Sergei Shadowman! Wow, okay, that was uh, <laughs> a bit out of practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Sergei, for being here. You, and, need, you uh, need to do it with a bit more patience so, so we actually fracture that wall. Yeah. I've got to move the desk so I can move backwards. <laughs> that, 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 that would be a nice documented thing to happen. <laughs> uh, is there a doctor in the house? Uh. <laughs> So I don't know what was happening. So well, the Blender developer meetings are back to normal time on Sundays after the very successful trial of a few months on a completely random schedule. Well, it was not random; it was semi. Well, it, it wasn't that random, but it was really hard to predict and 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 fit into your schedule. Yeah. So we're back to Sundays meetings at uh, four o'clock test. Yeah. So that's good. So yeah, everybody so, can. So, so so we managed to get to to get all developers, all guys in in one. Place again, yeah, and we discussed some things about 2.8 thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and talking about 2.8, uh, Ton recently pu published on the Blender Wiki a very simple 2.8 infographic yeah. <laughs> that uh, he uh, is crediting you for as well. So, yeah. can you tell us a bit more about it? Well, the the idea is to have much stricter separation on what's stored in the Blend file, what is being generated on runtime, and and where you you allow to to write your data and everything, and what is used for for visualization and viewport, because currently it's a bit of a uh, huge mess because some modifier can pre-calculate something and put into DNA, and because that DNA can be used for multiple threads, you're all of a sudden in troubles. Mm -hmm. And because you wanted to go to node-based everything, you should not modify DNA from from modifiers and everything. So that that's just was a diagram which makes it more strict what what can be accessed from where and draws relations between between the things. Cool. So, I mean, there is still lots of open technical questions in there, but that's that that's usable that that's usable outline of the overall system, and then we just go deeper in in the details in there. One of the technologies that is uh, mentioned that has been popping up more recently is the. Uh, USD, the universal scene description, which uh, is of course a tiny component of uh, uh, of this, but uh, we've been talking about it here in the studio as well. And 
I've been making you read some documents about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and I, I see it's mentioned over there. So what is what is up with that? Well, it, it, it's still a bit of resource things because, because USD is kind of much more flexible to, to, to what Blender can do and what linking in Blender can do and everything. Mm -hmm. But you, you on the one hand, you can look at USD as something which describes your scene graph, like meaning it's some, some, something which happens on runtime, but it's, it, it doesn't really fit that well. So it's more like a graph which defines how to build dependency graph and, and all the Blender will be built around dependency graph. So it, it, it more looks like it's something which comes from input, as like, like either something which defines relations between blend files or maybe contains blend files like integrated in there because apparently it is possible. Because mm -hmm. from original presentation, I understood that that they can only reference external files, but yeah, apparently you can pack everything in, and which is great. But then the, they also support all sorts of crazy layer instancing things. Overrides. And, and, nested, and, and nested layers and everything. Overrides is something you would need to support anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just more like how deep in flexibility we go and how would it fit into, into Blender's user's pipeline and workflow and everything. It's also an interesting thing to, to research how layer managers should work. There's a long discussion that, you know, on developer.blender.org mm. about layer managers. And I was reading it another day and it's like people started to, to discuss interface. Like, okay, how can I discuss interface without knowing how it, it works. works inside. It's like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then we probably will use the layers just for visualization. And for instance, I think we'll use groups because we have group support. Well, it's important when you're creating a product to first start out with just a name. And then you kind of work your way back <laughs> from there. You start with that's, the name. That's what they usually logo. do. Yeah. yeah, logo. And then the website. website. Yeah. Register the domain. Business couple cards. Of, couple of taglines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we already have name. We already have have website. <laughs> well, <All right>. we're set. <laughs> so we are good to go. Cool. I also heard you are working on a, another uh, uh, Pixar technology, which is uh, OpenSubdiv, and yes. I, I heard you picked uh, up some development that was uh, kind that, of that there are open and in the OpenSubdiv integration. Mm -hmm. Didn't have UV map support. And I'm working on this right now, at least for the textured view. TLSL view is another story because it's it's a bit weird and blunder because of legacy nature of OpenGL, but that's another story. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, there there was no so much development happening on OpenSubdiv recently, but there, there's going to be something announced on CGraph. Cool. Yeah, because actually after. Probably next week we are going to know more, both about uh, USD yeah. and also. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to announce a couple of things in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Stay tuned. Awesome. Let us know next week or the week after. <laughs> Depending on how I, lazy I, I we are. I've been switching to one podcast for two weeks now. No, no. No, no, no. no, we will. no. Oh. Every week, every week. Sergey lo loves the podcast. <laughs> okay, one more. But you also love the podcast, right? I do, I do, absolutely. It, it, it's so much uh, useful time to be spent. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you, wow. Sergey. My sarcasm meter is way off the chart right now. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we have one more topic for the uh, Blender development, which is that uh, this is also official, but uh, there will be more details uh, coming up after SIGGRAPH, which is uh, AMD uh, offering support for Blender development. And uh, it is uh, uh, there is not a lot of info uh, there for the moment, but they are going to support uh, one developer uh, on uh, viewport topics, and also they are going to support some development to get their uh, rendering uh, the the pro render uh, render engine uh, integrated in Blender. And uh, I don't know about render engine because I heard that they work on this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but they are going to be involved. Like it's true, they're not going to support uh, us or Blender Foundation, yes. but they are going to be. They, 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 they would rather support us to to make cycles better. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be ideal, of course. Because they render, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Again, this is the semi-official news, so we will know uh, the official things in a, in a few days. But uh, it's cool because it's uh, it's coming up. There are a lot of these uh, uh, these uh, industry connections that are starting to really get uh, contributing to Blender and to get really more connected with with Blender. I'm, I'm not sure it's really contribution. Like because it's their engine, which will run on the on IMD. No, I'm talking about the the viewport. Part. Oh, viewport. Yeah, yeah viewport is sure. Yeah. For, for rendering, I, I, I'm not really that, that that fascinated because of this. No, no, I was actually mentioning the viewport. Of course, every then yeah, every company has uh, their own uh, interest to carry on. So, of course, yeah. they want to make sure that their rendering solution, whatever is useful for, can work with the 3D package. So, I yeah, guess. But, but, but then are they going to support real production studios who are going to use that and things like that? Yeah, that's a problem. Be, be, that. Because they have lots of of of, of uh, render engines integrated in Blender now. Yeah. But it's on, on, only a handful of them who are usable for production. Which, yeah. which is sad. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We do our best. Yes. Yeah. We just go to Blender Eternal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The other day at lunch, we were actually talking about how the frames of Big Bug Bunny were rendering in. Of like three to seven minutes. Which is a myth. I, I I mean, that's that's just tons saying, oh, yeah, back then everything runs faster. But uh, some frames were actually rendering one hour. The big shot with the rabbit hole, that was 40 minutes, I think, mm-hmm. 30 to 40 minutes, uh, depending on the rendering computer, Yeah, which was really complicated, especially uh, because of all the, the grass and all the, the, the leaves and the particles and everything. And we had so many problems during the production with shadow buffer lamps. You can't imagine how much... I can't. Did they flicker? Like, yeah, shadow buffers flickering all the time, alignment problems, low yeah. resolution problems. And we were lighting everything with a shadow buffer spotlight. So you have a spotlight. It shines only into one in one direction. And we were also using approximate ambient occlusion on top of everything. Awesome. So a lot of... A lot of Issues, but yeah, in the end, we managed to render uh, a character frame in like seven minutes. So Big Buck Bunny, full in view, smiling at you. That takes like seven to ten minutes per wow. Oh, it, it, it's like after hair, hair branch merge, it's it's the same timings now. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, actually, Cycles is getting so much faster right now. So I would love to see uh, some improvements regarding motion blur. 
because for the agent, we most certainly mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. the motion blur because it's a really... Can I just reflect the blur? Mm. No. 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 <laughs> nay? Computer says nay? Nay. Nay, nay, nay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll have to talk about what exactly we're going to do for this. Okay. Maybe. But for, 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 for agent, should be fine. He's not that furry. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the model underneath the clothes? so yeah and especially for indoor scenes where uh we have to do some optimization tricks and uh, then you you just use denoiser from lucas oh yeah 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 (laughs) totally (laughs) no perfect yes so issue solved sarcasm meter is broken I don't know what's yeah. going on now yeah. Yeah, he's looking yeah. at this sarcasm meter yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's no. been shambles there's no sarcasm here yeah, exactly. no, oh, all right. there, there is no sarcasm here what are you talking about Whoa. It's, it's not Whoa. sarcasm <laughs> looking for it's way too genuine I don't know what's going on <laughs> okay was... let's talk about the Blender Cloud news which uh, is uh, well uh, some new things and uh, uh, that the uh, came from the community and also the work that you guys have been doing on the Blender Cloud itself. So uh, I start from something very recent. So we go uh, back in time. So Cloud still works? The Cloud still works. That is, yeah, yep. recent yep. and few minutes ago, it didn't work so much, but <laughs> it works. anyway, uh, previously we have, uh, since yesterday, Andy published uh, something very cool on the Blender Cloud. Yeah, um, last week I was working on the Blender Phone uh, blender conference so many so many things (laughs) so many blenders so uh i was working on the blender conference logo and um people who might ask why am i constantly working on the blender conference logo every year is because at some point there is someone who says oh we need to publish some information about the conference and we need to do it tomorrow is that a guy, tall guy or I don't know some guy? <laughs> Sounds Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> and and then oh, do we have a logo? Oh no no no, we just used the logo from last year. And then you'll see no. this German guy in the studio cringing, yeah, crumbling into himself and crawling into a corner. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that happens even without all this. Like this process just happens without anyone actually saying a word. So you just go on the website and you see the logo. The a logo. The, from, yeah, of from two years two ago. Years Ago, yeah. I w- I this is so a signal. Much, I had so much fun making a logo two years ago. So every year, I'm I'm glad that I'm chosen to actually do this. It's it's a fun process. So um, Andy, why not make make ten logos ahead of a time? No, <laughs> no, that wouldn't be always the fun. Yeah, yeah, because you would be complaining that it's rendered with your blender, and then we can't use it. And- but it's rendered with Andy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, so last week I was working on uh, a logo and uh, we had a quick brainstorm and um, there's this running gag here in the studio that we always want to have for any everything that we do. We, have, we want to have eyes looking at you, eyes, character eyes, using Blender, people smiling faces, having eyes, eyes. eyes <laughs> round eyes. Yes. So I wanted to make something with eyes looking at you. So um, we made a, we uh, had a bit of a discussion during uh during after lunch break and uh then i went into blender and i made a character with big eyes and uh, i recorded the entire process and actually um this week uh i sat together with francesco he had this brilliant idea of making 
there is no sarcasm here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a good idea because um, because recording these commentaries for for production workflow videos is actually it's so it's such a big headache to actually wrap your head around it and get your brain into that mood discussing something you've done maybe a, a week ago or a month ago. So it actually helped ha having a second person there to ask you questions. And that's uh, that was a great idea. So uh, we recorded it and it's now on the cloud. It's uh, roughly a bit over one hour of content and it's split into eight different videos. And along those videos, you can also download the logo file and the logo itself, which I thought is nice. And we put it in the art gallery and... Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and indeed, the the idea to put it there in the art gallery is uh, because we are trying to uh, expand that a little bit. And as a matter of fact, we have some additional artwork that was uh, provided by Nicholas Phoenix. He gave us uh, two pieces that he made with a blender, one of the uh, these uh, rotating planets and one with this butterfly. Um and uh, yeah, he shared uh, a bit of the process of how this was made and especially, of course, the blend files. And uh, they are available uh, with a CC0 license and they are free for download, uh, uh, free to download for everyone. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I recommend you to check them out. It's really, it's really cool to, to see this, uh, this uh, grow because the learn by example philosophy that the Blender Cloud has, I think, is still one of its uh, unique and strongest points. So we, we hope to see more of that coming. And I'm also very curious to see what's the response for the videos that uh, we, we made with Andy, because I haven't really seen that kind of format a lot, like a person that is completely clueless, me asking <laughs> the person who actually made the stuff, hey, so what did you do here? Because it's not that it's much work, it's more just asking the question and just keeping the conversation going. Yeah. And it, it went really smooth to record. So if if people like it and yeah, if definitely. it works... It's, it's a lot of fun recording it. I think yeah. next time we just need to have a bit more time and it could have been easily a two-hour video yeah. because I find myself like talking, 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 and then we have to hurry up because there's the next thing that's happening. Yeah. And yeah. But uh, yeah, we will see how, how it works. So Andy, going back to cycle speed, it's not cycles getting faster, it's you getting fast, faster hardware. Yeah, yeah, let's... I. I <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to have uh, four uh, Titan graphics cards, please, or 1080s, and uh, then uh, more RAM and uh, two SSDs, please. Okay, talk to the, talk to the, the, the tall guy. Yeah, he's not here, so uh, okay. I'm going to have to figure it out with software. Mm. <laughs> We're just making the scene simple. Yeah. So um, I have some ideas regarding uh, simplification of uh, shaders for, our, uh, for the agent. And we have to we have to make some compromises for uh, for the realism of things. So shall I add hard limit of three closures per shader, so we don't create complicated shaders? I don't think we need more than three. Okay, That's fine. Okay, yeah. well, let's add. Okay, <laughs> hard limits. <laughs> Okay, we have uh, something more for the Blender Cloud that is now ancient news, but Sebran, what Hello. about uh, image sharing on the cloud? Yeah. That it, happened last week. Last week, yes. So. You can now share your images on the cloud. Um, how does it work? Well, we added a few buttons to the Blender Cloud add-on um, for screenshots, for renders, and for other images. 
Um, so you can, to, to start with the first one, um, because we're anti-chronologicals, was the last one I implemented. Um, you just go to window and then share a screenshot. And then you take a screenshot of the whole Blender window and uploads it to the cloud. And I've seen Sergey already using it. I'm yeah. using it all the time. It's so useful because you can just, and even for renders, if I want to show something to Ton, which is his next room, and I don't want to go over there, <laughs> <laughs> I just press the button and send him the link on IRC and it's fine. Yeah. Perfect. So the, the way it works is um, you have a render, you click on the share image on Blender Cloud button. It sends the image there and then it puts the link to that image on your clipboard. So after you've pushed the button, you can just paste it anywhere. Um, it's optional to have the browser open. So you can check that, check by default. So it will open a browser, show you the image, but you can also just turn that off if you don't like it and just have that one link on your clipboard. And a brilliant function is also that you can have comments on the images themselves, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so fellow... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fellow cloud subscribers can comment and yeah you can just discuss that image so basically anyone with a link can and a cloud subscription can discuss it, it uh, there's no sharing thing no users uh, no groups no everyone it's, can it's do just it. there yeah cool nice yeah and of course uh, anyone being logged in or not in the Blender Cloud can see the actual image. So images yeah. are, of course, public for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's... I've also got a question from somebody who said, well, can you control that? What is publicly shared and what's not? Mm -hmm. um, so the answer is no. You click on a button, share on the cloud, and then you share on the cloud. And we can't half share that. Yeah, we decided to make that functionality this way because for more fine-grained uh, control of who is able to access that information, uh, we prefer to use the projects themselves. Yeah. So the project system is meant for that and uh, it, it is set up so that you can really get on a per asset uh, control of what you share. And instead, the image sharing is just meant a quick, simple utility uh, we are big fans of uh, Graphical. I think it was a, a great project, but uh, it uh, I think having another thing for the Blender community that is deeper, more deeply integrated in Blender is uh, is really is really paste cool. All. Yeah, paste mm -hmm. all. Sorry, sorry, I said Graphical. Yeah, yeah, paste it's all. The same thing. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and for people that want to share only a bit of their Blender screen and not the whole thing. You can also press space and then in the menu search for share. And then if you hit enter, it will take a screenshot of the area you pressed space in. So that's also easy. Cool. Yeah, that's... Uh... Um, and for renders, it takes your render settings. So know that if you have it set to 4K render to, uh, to EXR, it will upload a 4K EXR file. If you have it set for 70% quality JPEG, it will use that instead. So that way you have control over what you send to the cloud. But for screenshots, it's always JPEG or PNG? Or? For screenshots, it's always PNG. Okay. So um, how long are the images kept on the cloud? Um, I saw a disclaimer there. Yeah. We are thinking about implementing a limit of, say, a month or so. Mm -hmm. um, because we intended to be for sharing now on the spot i want to show it to tom something mm -hmm. like that and after a month it's not that relevant anymore um 
And again, if you want to have your own collection of these, these collection of beautiful images that you want to share, just create a project and put the images there. One of the features we're thinking about implementing in the future is moving assets between projects. I so, was going to ask that. that yeah. That would be so handy. Yeah. And then you can just share it and then move it from your shared stuff onto a project to archive it. Will that preserve a link? Hmm? Can you move pro move asset to a project but still keep original link forking? Yes. Cool. The, so short, the short link that you get on your clipboard, that one is... Uh, only identifying the asset. So if the asset moves to another project, it will just okay, readjust. Okay. So that way I can, I can include screenshots to comment logs. Yes, if you use the short link. Yeah. If you use a link that you're being sent to, that is slash p slash project ID slash image ID. So that one will change if you move it to a different project. Okay. Okay. Well, then uh, talking about this uh, texture and the uh, uh, new features that are coming to the Blender Cloud add-on. Uh, just uh, a small, a short uh, preview about what's coming next. Uh, we have something called uh, HDRI browsing coming yeah. up. So we will announce uh, everything about this next week, but we are working on a way to integrate uh, HDRI image access from within Blender uh, to the Blender Cloud. Yeah. So we're starting with uh, something similar to the texture library, but then an HDRI library of very cool images we uh, got from different users. So we're all sharing that to the cloud, and so it's all for free for subscribers. Yeah, and uh, especially the fact that uh, <clears throat> it's, it's different than the regular textures, because in the case of HDRIs, they are notorious for being uh, really large. Yeah, you were talking about 300 megabytes for one image. 500 megabytes. Well, there you also. go. Yeah. So in that case, we had to do some changes to how our the system works so yeah. that you can actually uh, handle that. Yeah, right now with the development version, you can just click on an HDRI image and then you'll see the different versions that we have. Um, so you can have a 1K for a few kilobytes or a 16K for a few hundred megabytes or anything in between. And it's up to you. And what I am hope I can implement today is switching between them so that you can just download the 1K version first and then do your scene setup with a low-res version that renders quickly, doesn't take much memory. And then when you do the final render, you can switch it out to the high-res version. Yeah. So right now we have uh, a beautiful collection of uh, HDRIs, right? Yes, there is coming uh, up. It's coming up. Yeah, we are gonna start with uh, fifteen HDRIs. Yeah. So more details about that uh, again. Uh, in super high res, super high quality, super high quality. Yeah. Yes. And can I say something about the way you can browse it on your phone? <laughs> yes, you it's can. so cool. Like you can, you can pretend. Yeah, you, you even have this VR Google Cardboard kind of display, so you can open the cloud, open the HDRI which is, of course, it's a preview. Yeah. But then you can look around on your phone. You can tilt your phone and look around the HDRI. That's so cool. I've never seen that before. Cool. And it, and it works. And it works. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sergey asked me, hey, did you do that yourself? And the answer was, uh, no. I used the uh, uh, Google toolkit that uh, they developed for Cardboard. And it works with web technologies, but uh, it was uh, cool to see them, the guys using it here and being like, oh, it actually works. So <laughs> for once, you know, <laughs> the cloud, it actually works. 
So everybody, stop going to the cloud on your desktop machines. Just go on your mobile and browse the cloud there. The worst mobile experience. <laughs> no, come on. The, the wiki is worse. They okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's not talk about mobile for another time. Let's actually talk about uh, uh, Blender Cloud content and uh, the agent project. So last week we had a new guest at the Blender Institute. Yes, Bo. Yeah, and he was here for a week, and uh, which was a trial period for his internship. Yes. So uh, he is currently at the, oh, I forgot the school, the name of the school in Utrecht. The HKU? The, the Hogeschool for the Kunsten Utrecht. The Hogeschool van de Kunsten. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the Academy of Arts. Yeah. That's, okay. And he is studying computer graphics or graphics and computer animation, right? Yes. If I'm correct. And uh, he is using Blender for everything. That's it's, awesome. It's amazing. And yeah. he's uh, working on character designs. And uh, his trial period was nothing like character designs. Uh, <laughs> We got him to model some props for the barbershop, which was uh, incredibly helpful. And uh, he posted uh, his work on the cloud last week. Oh, nice. Um, we saw everything. And uh, yeah, and he is coming back in yeah. end September. Of yeah. Yeah, September. So maybe at some point you will even hear him here. At the, you will even hear him here at the Blender Institute podcast. Yeah, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so it's always great to have more people coming back into the Institute and uh, have a larger team. Yes. Uh, it's so exciting to have not the same boring faces all the time. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> all right, cool. And then uh, I also know you, Andy, have been working on uh, uh, something for the uh, barbershop uh, uh, animation test, a lookbook. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot that because that was only two to three days. Yeah. Yeah. Short, intense projects here. Yeah. So um, I think it was during Annecy, right? So uh, we we realized that it's, it's always great to have people to be able to show something, uh, some work in progress to people when you're talking about the project, when you're talking uh, to someone who's potentially going to invest in in the thing or someone who is just plainly interested and you want to show your work. And uh, so um, uh, a month ago, we published this huge pile of art of books from all the studios, all the studios, everything. And of course, then you're, uh, you're, uh, you're going through these books and you feel like crap because everything looks so amazing and the artwork is so great. So, hey, we thought, let's just do that and let's actually collect uh, the artworks that we're doing during the project and let's start a work in progress book which is kind of an art off book we call it the lookbook which is a a name yes <laughs> um yeah and uh i i started doing a layout for that and so ton could actually take it to sigraph with him so right now it's only 12 pages which is a bit thin of course um we printed the uh, first uh edition and like 10 copies yeah, 10 copies ultra rare if you're interested yeah offer so starts at 1000 euros <laughs> <laughs> the animation section is a bit lacking <laughs> <laughs> that, well that's because the animation guy was on holidays yeah. so, yeah. mm. 
It's just uh, always funny to uh, yeah, we, we read a book on animation. Like, okay, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a weird medium <laughs> to learn that motion. <laughs> anyway, it's just uh, it's just there to get people excited about the project. So we could have easily made it more pages, but unfortunately, we had to send it to the printer on Tuesday. It was going to be printed on Wednesday, and we got it uh, yesterday morning. Uh, so they Which were was roughly, Thursday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we. Uh, had roughly like two or three days of layout on that. I, I think I even did I work on a weekend? I don't remember. So, <laughs> in that case, probably <laughs> it's a big blur. Yeah. So, no, wait. I went to a wedding. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I wasn't here. But, but you were back on Monday morning very early, being yeah. like, I was at the wedding. I was so many hours in the train. I have to do the layouts. Help me. And then you did it by yourself. That's a, that's yeah. how it went. Yeah. I actually so don't remember any of that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So yeah, we got it, and it looks quite okay. Like the yeah. colors are not totally off. The contrast is all right. Yeah. So uh, it, it it's not totally bad, and uh, I think we're gonna continue working on this, and uh, it'll be super fun to actually have a book. Yeah. In the end, as a product, and yeah. also we talked about finding a good way to share that layout and that kind of content organized in that way on the cloud as well. Because all the content that we are talking about, you imagine, oh, there is this book, I wonder what they put in it, is all on the cloud. Like everything that is on the cloud went exactly, there. Yeah. So uh, no original uh, surprise content. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot about the presentation. And that's uh, something that uh, we are going to look into in the future, also for the cloud itself. Find yeah. a good way to present and keep people up to date with the Barbershop project. Because uh, it's really important to us. And we see that right now it's a bit hard to communicate about what is new and what is coming up and what we did. So it's going to be one of our focuses. And I think that this project helped to get a bit of a vision of how this could play out. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, that's, uh, that's cool. I think we can uh, uh, wrap this up by asking Hjalti about uh, his plan for the upcoming week and what he's been uh, up to yesterday. Yes, uh, getting up to speed, just uh, having uh, some meetings with people here about what their impressions are of the the current state of the story reel and the what 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 were we calling it the animation an test no the <laughs> it was like a not an animatic but a story matic story matic story matic yeah, yeah. never heard that before yeah. it's interesting uh, yeah so Matthias did a great job and he has pretty much finished his portion of it and now it's up to us to take that and try to take it to the next level so now I've been working a little bit on just um, yeah, doing some notes regarding what we have and then trying to figure out what is the, like, for example, the opening shot, it's a, it's a Amsterdam street, but then just to be able to place different cameras there and just try different things, I need to have something there. And I've been like having a measuring tape and like just reading on Wikipedia, what is the average width of a street and you know, <laughs> like the width of a door and all that stuff. So it's not that I'm necessarily creating the scene, but at least I have like a rough sketchup that, that is roughly the same size and shape as the world where, you know, that Andy is going to make amazing, of course. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I think I, I'm just thinking right now, it would be interesting to actually, because we have this huge uh measuring tape here yeah. we should actually go i mean we're we happen to be in the town that this thing is playing 
So we could just go take a measuring tape. Oh, I actually have a laser laser measuring device, and then Whoa. measure a street, mm. yeah. and then just rough like roughly get the measurements that we need. Well, and we if it, you it'll want, always can, be authentic, right? If you want, I can join in and bring my camera and uh, tripod head, yes. panoramic tripod head, so we can make a proper panorama there, and then we have like spherical panorama. No, uh, no, 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 no tripods. Use the the proper motion, like dolly motion. Then we can feed it into motion tracking, reconstruct it. And, Let's and dress someone up as Boris and someone as the yeah. agent and some. <laughs> but, but, but really, that rem <laughs> that reminds what what Sebastian was doing during Tears of Steel. Yeah, he went to other character region and measured everything with the laser measuring device. Yeah, and he made. A lot of videos of out the character from different angles, and then we reconstructed it from multiple views, and then we stitched all together. So we had pretty accurate reconstruction of that area. Uh, well, well, I can also shoot some videos so we can do yeah. this kind of reconstruction. But, but, but don't use tripod. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do both. <laughs> tripod are not solvable. Tripod is a malform motion. You can't. I know. Yeah. Tripod I know. is the arch enemy of Sergey. Tri tripod is for textures. Handheld is for. Yeah, so we'll do both. No, yeah. you, no, you, you you can use rails or a crane. But okay, it's too we'll, expensive. Okay, <laughs> we'll I will put it on my bike go. and just bike around. <laughs> yeah, just put your GoPro on 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 on, on head uh -huh. and mouth thing. And this little field trip is really escalating all of a sudden. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for escalation. Yeah, all right. no, but it also wouldn't work because then it would be like a zoom shot, which is also not solvable. Really. Yes, it should, it should be done. It should be. Uh, yeah. uh -huh. Anyway, I don't remember what I was talking about. You were talking about your plan. Yeah, maybe we should do a field trip. Um, Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe on Monday. Not we, that plan. Oh no, not that plan. No. The, so, but that, yeah, that's roughly what what I'm working on right mm -hmm. now. Um, I did look again at the the different walk cycles. I hastily kind of pushed together and, and put put on the cloud. Yeah. Uh, just before I left for the vacation. And um, I and I saw some of the notes from the people uh, just commenting on it. Uh, one of the notes were, was, for example, to them it was too slow, which was interesting because uh, it. I mean, they all have different tempos. There's a lot of variables and whatnot. But if Monday becomes kind of a cloud day for me, then I would I would love to do a little video just uh, talking and demonstrating what are the variables that I used for the walk cycles. By the way, I didn't actually when I when I went back and I looked at the walk cycles. I, I I mean, you have to remember, they are all to some degree generic, and they're supposed to be. They're not supposed to be uh, them skipping and walking and jumping and like reacting to their environment. It's uh, it's like, what is the most plain way that they would walk? And I still find the agent to be kind of lacking. It's a little bit too bland. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's just a case of, of trying to put him in a position where he needs to interact with the environment. And then we get a little bit better sense of timing and rhythm and, and you know, of the character. I think it's easy to go into the extremes of, um, because the agent is kind of in the middle. And then you have Boris, which is a, a little bit of a bigger, bulkier guy, especially because of his big, bulky jacket. He, he takes a slightly slower pace with bigger movements and then kind of a stronger, uh, bigger silhouette, which is kind of what I was going for to contrast the agent in one way. And then because we have the barber, um, I thought it would be really fun to to do it in exactly the opposite. So there the, the, the timing of the cycle is way shorter, 
but he takes quicker, shorter steps. And then he has this particular posture where he's trying to keep his head really straight and not bop around up and down or sideways too much, which gives this. Um, and I, I remember Richard Williams talking about this in, in a, a little bit of a non-PC way. He was talking about how he was driving down, a, he was driving a car, and he could see somebody walking because this guy, he's a he's a really great animator from way back when, and he he does a lot of people watching so he will go to a park and he will just stare at people walking and maybe and he he said in his book that sometimes he just happens to follow them because he's so interested in the way they walk but he doesn't want to bother them of course because you know like and even if you did then you you might actually destroy their walk because what they're doing right now if they think about it then they you know they ruin it so he just casually starts walking behind them, like, you know, what, checking them out and checking out how their hips move and all that. And at one point he was, he said that he was, uh, I think he was driving a car and he saw somebody walking and there was a wall there that kind of obscured most of his body. But he had immediately this uh, gut reaction that this person uh, was gay, but he didn't know why. He's like, well, well, why would I think that if I only saw this small portion, I got this immediate kind of sensation uh, because it's all, I mean, it's all exaggeration, character, uh, caricature of, of the way different people move. And then he ended up like driving and trying to follow this person. And he, he figured out that it was because he kept trying to, um, if you exaggerate that kind of uh, like a feminine walk when a guy does it, there's this weird tendency of the the head to try to be still. And if you do it, I mean, it's weird to talk on an audio form (laughs) to to, to describe this. Uh, But if you do it, you start to see that there's this weird feminine vibe that you get from it. Hmm. But it's really subtle and it's all a a cumulative thing. So you have to do that and a couple of other things and that kind of adds it up. I don't know why I started talking about that. I have no idea where this. Because you're following people all the time. Oh yeah, I keep following people. It's and so that weird. That was a <laughs> animation. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry about that. So another topic. What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah. Well, not much. Okay. Cool. So yeah. But um, actually, well, uh, thanks for also sharing your the plans for what is coming next week. I yep. definitely hope we will see this video because you've been talking about it a couple of times already. Yep. This uh, review of the walk cycle, so that would be great to see. So yeah, just so just so happens, I I, yeah. I I got sick and I had the vacation all happening at the same yeah, time, so I couldn't do it. But yeah. yeah, okay. Well, I think uh, this is it for this episode. But shouldn't have put spoiler alert. Because spoiler cycles yeah oh now no. everyone knows how everyone moves oh no okay yeah. we hope everyone knows so they stick around but wait there's more <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the walk cycles are already on the weekly right they are they're, yeah. they're on the cloud already yeah, yeah they're on the cloud but him talking about them is not yeah yeah so Ooh. Wait, yeah. so we spoiled Special me content. talking about it? Oh, okay. We'll have two hours of Kjalti talking about no! the walk cycle. Well, about following people. About following people. <laughs> this is an interesting noticed. person. I'm there in the bushes. Just You have to have With a really nice... Yeah, you no, know, you have to... Like, oh, that's you, what big lens, big lens. You got to narrow in on the window, you know. <laughs> no? <laughs> so, 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 so now we know why, why Kjalti buys this all stuff like GoPros and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the first person view as I'm running away from the police. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much for tuning in and uh, see you next week with another episode of the Blender Institute podcast. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Is charlatan of procrastination getting in your way? Jump the shark on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.